The Sloths of Crovny by Vern Fearing. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Sloths of Crovny by Vern Fearing. This world we live in is a pretty grim place. It's tough to make a living. At any moment we may get blown up down or sideways by the atom bomb the day after tomorrow may never come and on top of all this tv commercials are getting worse and worse it seems that our only salvation is a sense of humour so we give you the sloths a very unserious yarn bradley broad shoulders friends call him brad or broad or shoulders stood grim-lipped as is the custom of spacemen and waited for the commander to speak fateful words he was an obese youth fully five feet tall without a shred of muscle but he wore the green tunic of the galaxy patrol proudly and his handsome bony head boasted a tidy crop of venusian fungus his gleaming eyes gleamed brad we are in a tough fix the commander said suddenly his name was metternich known also as foxy grandpa he had spoken in capitals all over europe and continued the practice since we are up against it he went on the fate of the world may be at stake what's wrong chief asked brad jauntily plenty wrote metternich nobody's attacking the earth that's what's wrong nobody is out to conquer the universe how come may i ask brad gulped could he believe his ears no one attacking good kind old earth was there nothing in which a man could pin his faith let alone his ears were they indeed his ears he turned to his best friend Ugg, who stood beside him would he stand behind him did he realize they were on the verge of a mission Ugg was a pastiche or intermezzo a cross between a martian and a texan as loathsome and stupid a combination as one could wish why he was brad's best friend was a mystery squarely he met brad's gaze which left him an eye to spare it winked and brad shuddered it was an omen i want to know why the commander shouted you have your secret orders off with you a really fat omen the good ship locks wink was almost ready to go she was a fine space-worthy craft brad knew just the same it was disconcerting to see rats deserting her by the thousands not that he missed them some were sure to return as soon as Ugg appeared on the scene he seemed to fascinate them just then the rats paused sure enough Ugg was coming he was reeling he had apparently made the rounds as is the custom of spacemen swilling vast quantities of airplane dope and he was high as a kite brad glommed him glumly in the gloaming with more than a glimmer of gloomy foreboding it was wrong he thought all wrong if only it hadn't been too late to turn back but it wasn't they hadn't even started yet if anything it was too early there was no way out he entered the spaceship with a sigh sigh whose whole name was silas mariner shook his hand weakly muttered remember the albatross and tottered out it was an omen 
presently brad and oak were blasting off as a cigar-shaped vessel rose to the starry void spacemen their visages lined and tanned like cigars held their cigars aloft in silent salute and gently flicked their ashes while softly a cigar band played maracas why you no love me no more two days out brad salmon oog how fast are we going uh say thirty thousand miles an hour brad calculated rapidly and put down his abacus at this rate it'll take us fourteen years just to get out of our own lousy solar system he barked faster oog said yes sir and vice versa then he upped the speed to a hundred and eighty-six thousand miles per second and came back and shyly told brad brad said bah we'll be seventy years reaching the big dipper faster but nothing can go any faster protested oog according to einstein to hell with einstein roared brad is he paying your salary so they went faster the ship sped onward unless it was upward to fulfil its mission again and again brad found himself wondering where he was going the mission was a real stiff he knew only that since there was practically no life anywhere in the solar system except for good kind old earth earth had seen to that anyone attacking earth or not doing so was obviously somewhere in outer space but here the trail ended courage he told himself courage after all was he not the grandson of pierre fromage inventor of the rubber band motor with a start he realized he was not his own heritage while covered with peculiar glory was a more tragic one the spaceman's heritage the broad shoulders were brave but things happened to them his grandfather a traffic officer had chased a comet for speeding and had unfortunately overtaken it his father had been spared the fire but one day aboard his spaceship someone spilled a glass of water the gravity was off at the time and the water just hung there in mid-air until brad's father walked into it and drowned what would be his own end he wondered what other way was there to die just then through the bulkhead he could hear oog swinging in his hammock playing the violin he wondered if the rats were dancing like the last time he'd surprised him another thought was on the way something about rats and a new way to die but brad was already asleep mercifully having a nightmare it was morning of the fifth day when the emergency alarm e a was suddenly activated instantly a host of automatic devices went off one turned on the fan another blew the fuses a third made the beds bells clanged and bugles sounded every call from battle stations b s to abandon ship j r brad and oog slept through it all nothing was wrong except with the emergency alarm e a it wore itself out and the eventful voyage continued brad woke on the ninth day the two-day pill he'd taken on the third day had evidently done its work well he was rested he felt optimistic again when he looked out the porthole he could see plenty of space for improvement but what was that there half obscured in a tumbling swirling mass of misty gray clouds he could make out something white he pressed his nose against the porthole and strained his eyes it gave him the feeling of peering into a bendix as is the custom of spacemen his mouth went damp dry 
This was it, whatever it was. Oog! he shouted all agog. Oog! Oog! Oog dashed in, wheeling a large kaleidoscope. Expertly, they read the directions and trained it on the mysterious formation. The indicator turned pale. By the ring-tailed dog star of Sirius, barked Brad. Why, it's nothing more than an enormous goldstone revolving in space. This is Sirius, barked Oog. That's what I barked, snapped Brad. And don't ask me whose it is. It's big enough to support life. That's the main issue. Prepare to land. A strange yet resplendent civilization, thought Brad, looking out at a sunlit sunscape or goldscape of molten gold. The houses, stylish igloos and mosques were sturdily constructed of three-ply cardboard and driftwood. Before each house, mysteriously, stood a berber pole of solid peppermint. Brad and Oog bounded out of their ship. The two bounders stood there, encased in heat-resistant pyrex pants, expecting the natives to make things hot for them. Dumbfounded at the delay, they waited for the attack to commence. It did not. I never, said Brad presently. If we needed proof, we've got it. Such a display of indolence is testimony enough that these people are responsible for not attacking Earth. We shall have to use stratemergy. Swiftly he took off his pants, revealing underneath the red flannel costume of a seventeenth-century French courtier, complete with powdered wig and fold stuff. Oog ran up a flag emblazoned with the legend, Diplomacy and Agriculture, then planted beans all around the ship, while Brad postured and danced the minuet. The clever scheme worked beautifully. Soon an old man began circling them on a bicycle, keeping a safe distance. Clearly he was someone of importance, for his long white beard was carefully braided and coiled in a delivery basket on the handlebars. Furthermore, he wore a glowing circlet on his forehead, so that Brad knew he was able to read their minds, if they had any. How about throwing us a couple circlets? Brad cried. Instead, the old man, who was hard of hearing, flung them a couple cutlets, which worked even better, and had protein besides. Thus fortified, they were escorted to the palace. Some moments earlier, Brad had learned first that Kruvni was the name of this unusual culture, and second, that the High Kruv himself, attended by all his nobles, would see him. Brad had then entered the Kruv chamber, or trapeze room, and he had learned nothing since. It was all true, he told himself, the High Kruv was hanging by his toes from a trapeze, and so were all his nobles. The only difference was that the high crew's trapeze was more ornate than the rest. Yes, said Brad to himself, it was all true. He had been shaking and punching his head, and nothing had changed. I come, he said, from a faraway land. Shut up, cried the crew. Who cares? At this, the old man, who was still on his bicycle, whispered to Brad. They've all got headaches, he nodded stroking his beard sagebrushly. It's all part of a great cosmic error, a tragedy played among the spiral nebulae to the hollow ringing laughter of the gods. You see, we sloths are only half the population of Krovni, he went on. On the other side of our world live the sidemen or sad sacks. 
legend has it that eons ago the sidemen were mistakenly delivered a cargo of saxophones from Saks fifth avenue the old man's voice was hushed as he added they have been practising ever since i see said brad and that accounts for the headaches here small wonder said the old man i bless the day i went deaf but why do they do it asked brad the sidemen they're trying to drive us off on the ranch the planet i mean you see they claim they made this whole darn goldstone themselves made it asked brad dolly uh-huh the old man spat mercurian tobacco juice just like on earth where myriad minute oceanic organisms pile their skeletons to form coral islands you see the side men eat radishes love em in fact but it gives em gallstones they claim this whole world is the collected gallstones of their ancestors the old man wiped mercurian tobacco juice from his beard and shoes kind of a hard claim to beat he opined i see said brad that explains the misty swirling clouds all around this planet and why it's seldom visible you follow me yep said the old man it's gas them radishes'll turn on you every time suddenly the high curve began to sob now you see don't you why we haven't attacked earth a body can't keep his mind on anything around here i asked for a few secret weapons and what did i get he was blubbering now oh i tried i tried appropriations and all that you may be sure we lined our pockets but after years of stalling they showed up with two weapons they swore were terrible enough to put an end to war one of them was a water pistol i see said brad and the other a ray gun brad's eyes brightened a ray gun may i see how it works indeed you may a platoon of maroon dragoons dragged in a queer apparatus it looked like a medieval cannon with a victorian phonograph speaker flaring from its business end the dragoons ranged around the weapon keeping their backs to it one of them clutched the firing lanyard there was a pause a brittle silence then the lanyard snapped ray shouted the ray gun what was that asked brad twice more the lanyard snapped the ray gun boomed ray ray you mean all it does is shout ray asked brad well it can also shout max said the old man fearful ain't it yes said brad he took a piece of old parchment from a breast pocket this he stated is the original deed to manhattan notice here on the bottom where it says twenty-four dollars i'm signing it over to you he signed with a flourish now you have a legal claim a crusade and a nice piece of property go get it but the headaches cried the old man cool man cool said brad i'll mix a bromo is it habit forming cried the high crew not a bit said brad mixing it simply take one an hour forever and now i must bid you farewell wait cried the crow don't you want to take my lovely daughter back with you brad looked at her she was lovely she had scales but she was lovely she had magnificent blonde hair some of it almost an inch long none of it on her head but she was lovely well said brad hesitatingly 
he had his eyes glued on her when he took them off they made a noise like vacuum cups flop your mother won't like her whispered Ugg. well said brad he could feel duty tugging inside not for him the pipe and slippers he was one of spaceway's men he would go the spaceman's way off into wayman's space wayman not women he told himself sternly the call of the ether the vacuous void the black velvet wastes the outspread cloak of the universe dripping with stardust the undreamt of galaxies these were the things by which he lived well said brad come on said Ugg. we'll only fight over her slowly they bounded back to their spaceship the ship sped backward headed for earth it was days before the mistake was discovered and this alone spared their lives for had they completed their journey on schedule but why be morbid the fact is the earth blew up what a sight the whole thing whirling one minute like the globe in miss fogarty's geography supply closet the next minute whammo gee said Ugg soberly guess we're lucky huh well said brad he hadn't said anything else for days but he didn't seem well at all funny he thought they promise you if you go on working work hard and don't fool around don't ask questions just do your job everything will come your way the next thing they're all dead and there's nobody to complain to even was it selfish to think of one's career at a time like this no he told himself it was all he knew the patrol was all that muttered he did some rapid calculations they were far off the interplanetary travel lanes their fuel supply was down to a single can of kerosene food for perhaps two days remained as he listened to Ugg tuning his violin scarcely audible over the squeakings and squealings that filled the spaceship he realized that the only solution the only thing that could save them or the future of earthmen was for a shipload of beautiful dames to rescue them within the next thirty-six hours he figured the odds against this to be fifty billion to one but brad had fought big odds before grim-lipped he shaved end of the sloths of crovny by vern fearing